Welcome to episode 49 of the Cake Watch podcast, a podcast that does not have a previously unknown sister called Annunciata. <laughs> My name is Chris Kendall. I'm an EU official uh, of many years standing, but that's not entirely irrelevant because I'm here in a strictly personal capacity. And with me is my co-host... Uh, Steve Bullock. I'm an ex-negotiator uh, for the UK in the EU of many years sitting, mainly, actually, <laughs> very very little standing in life I was absolutely forced to. Um, I did have a boss once, actually, who decided that to shorten, uh, shorten the length of meetings, you'd have bird table meetings where everybody stands up, oh. as if you were, sta- like, standing at yeah. high tables. But the only thing is we didn't have any... It's not necessarily a terrible idea, but we, we didn't have any high tables, so we just went into a meeting room and didn't sit down, and it was just weird. Oh, that's just you had, bend, you had to bend over to get your papers and stuff. It that's was, ridiculous. Because you could have used yeah. all our fancy coffee tables in the commission canteen. Yeah, yeah, no, we didn't have any of that stuff. Uh, no, no, yeah. no. See, no, we no, have no, stand-up no. tables in our... We have... Uh, because we're in an open-source bit of... It was very unusually we're in an open-source office. Open-source? Open... Open plan. Open plan, not open source. You're very much not We're open not source, open I think. Source, I think we, we have very, very definite security measures in place. <laughs> and <laughs> we have a sort of open meeting area, precisely um, with with these massive great stand-up desks that everybody goes and um, and nobody ever uses them because who wants to stand up and have a meeting? Well, yeah, well, there's that as well. Um, uh, if you can sit, sit. Yeah. So, um, it's still, we're still in the EU. We're still in the EU. <laughs> Another and Brexit day has come and gone. I forget who it was. I think it was, um, was it Terry? Oh, which novel was it? Good Omens. Now, who was that by? Terry Pratchett, wasn't it? Yeah, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a bit, I think it's from that. There's a bit in it where, about flying, where all you have to do to fly is to avoid, avoid the ground. I've heard that. Is that from that? Yeah, but yeah. Is that from that? Yeah. All you have to do to stay in the EU is avoid Brexiting. Uh, yeah, just if if you well, we've said this about May before, haven't we? Is that all she does is make sure that she survives every day. If you do that, you, you stay as prime minister yeah. indefinitely. Um, so all we have, same with the EU, all we have to do yeah. is, is is just keep on not leaving it. Yeah, and then presumably we don't. You know that by definition we don't leave it. I think that might be um, the Hitchhiker's Guide. Actually, is it Hitchhiker's Guide? I think so. Oh, I think I've done Douglas Adams a disservice there then. Although, oh. I have to say, Good Omens is a really outstanding book. So. Terry Pratchett went to my uh, junior school. Really? He, well, he oh. was a few years older than me. He did. He was um, a local boy, and um, he they did a documentary about him recently where they did a dramatisation of an encounter between him and his headmaster, where his headmaster was made out to be this, this sort of um, mistrunchable type of utter horrific sadist <laughs> which was outrageous because he was my head boss. he was one of the nicest people i've ever known and he was an absolutely massive influence oh, on brilliant. me so oh, um the facebook group of um students were all very upset about arms. this and up in arms yeah but um, anyway well sarah millican went to my comprehensive actually mm-hmm. yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. We, i think we just crossed over by uh, mm. chris grayling yeah. went to my grammar school 
yeah, moving on, moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, for, for, yeah, we're, we're, we're still we're still totally in the EU, a full member with a full set of rights and obligations. Yeah, including and we are until elections. we are until uh, All Hallows Eve. We are indeed. Um, what is it they say? There's a special place in Halloween. <laughs> I was I was trying to find a way of shoehorning that into. It doesn't work really, but yes. Um, and and I must say, it, it's a strange feeling, isn't it? Because it does feel as if we we would sort of reached boiling point, and the pressure yeah. was just so intense, and 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 it's just like, oh. and we'll come to well, yeah, that. That's why we decided not to do a podcast last well, week. We, like, exactly. we, were too, we were too relieved to be asked to do a podcast. <laughs> we just off. like sort of like we just lying in lavender scented baths, going ah. Oh. But seriously, it was such a weight off. But um, and we'll come to this. Um, we should not be too complacent. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a real danger. I think yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah it yeah, really we'll is. Come to this. It's breathing. It's breathing space, but the momentum has to continue. Right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you know, we. This is it. I mean, we. I mean, this. We were right at that point where um, things were very much moving in our direction, which is partly why, indeed, we've got the extension. Yeah. Um, but um, then the risk is that it it moves in the other direction. So as we, performance we, with no guide to future. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. 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 Right, so before we, we get got to some follow-up. Yeah, follow-up. We've got some follow-up. Right. Uh, I've only got one bit of follow-up, which is the quote that um, you kind of half-made and we couldn't remember where it came from. And, of course, as, as I predicted, within 30 seconds of me publishing the podcast, 150 people had told us where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's generally attributed to Mark Twain, uh, who said, I, uh, who wrote that I, I apologise for such a long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one. Uh, and yes, the, I think the first one to, to, to flag that was Ed Ross, so thanks, Ed. However, um, I was then also told that um, Mark Twain ripped it off uh, a Frenchman, as as you do. Uh, so the original source was Blaise Pascal in Provincial Letters, oh. Letter 16. 4th of December, 1656. Je n'ai fait celle-ci plus longue que parce que je n'ai pas eu le loisir de la faire plus courte. Excellent. You I'm glad you did that bit of French there. There. It's a plaisir, huh? Right, that's it. Oh, yeah, this that's 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 how we work. Um, so long-term fans of the show will know uh, already that Chris always does the planning for our shows, and um, one of the things that and, and as part of that, he always does a document with uh, with a sort of running order for the show. And I think this is the biggest question we've had ever. <laughs> as a bullet point on our agenda which is <laughs> what do we think will happen between now and october <laughs> how long is a piece of string Where, yeah what's the meaning of life <laughs> well what's happened what's happened is that there's there's been an extension and actually i was going to say about that that i honestly did not think the eu would grant an extension with basically no story attached to it, yeah. with no plan. Um, I thought it was really unlikely. And I, I have to say, in the run-up to it, I was exceptionally worried. Yes. Uh, yeah, me too, yeah. I, I, was, I, I actually saw um, somebody retweeted a thread of mine from January back into my timeline. Mm. Um and I mean, fortunately, it stood up pretty well. Um, it was 
it was, you know what it was? It was me. Um, it was David Allen Green retweeted it back in because it was me pulling up um, Jason Hunter on um, saying oh. that, saying that, um, that we couldn't have MEPs while article 50 was live. So, oh, yeah, yeah, um, so I, and, and what I'd done was I had said, um, look, um, the EU um, could well grant an extension, but um, probably not. You know, it, it's unlikely that they would grant an extension beyond the elections uh, for all sorts of reasons, um, but they political could. Reason, but, but, yeah, yeah. Political, not legal yeah, reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, they have. Well, they have, yeah, absolutely. And oh, I've really torn about this because, I mean, I've maintained all along that the threat of no deal was a threat to the people of the UK by the government of the UK mm. um, and gave no negotiating leverage. Now, it hasn't given any negotiating leverage in terms of what's in the withdrawal agreement or the political declaration. Mm. It certainly hasn't because that hasn't changed. So if it had any leverage on that, it would have done it. But I think we did see that E27 was much less willing to let no deal happen yeah. than we might have thought. So weirdly, actually, the no deal talk may have leveraged the extension. It hasn't leveraged a different deal or a better deal. But actually, it may have it may have leveraged. I think, the I think that's probably true. Yeah, and it's it's like what we said. It, it's it's a kind of intervention, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They looked and thought they'd they'd fucking do this. But you know what? I think it's also. I think it. I think it needs to be taken. On the one hand, you've got the genuine threat of a no deal, which I think they took seriously. Because they looked at them and they thought, you know what, they could do this. They they they, they could actually do this. But They're on the other them. hand, you had the the the, the um, petition of six million people, and you had the march of a million or a million and a half people, and you had the obvious trend in the opinion polls. So what you had was you had you had uh, EU leaders looking at this situation, saying, you know what, um, this is a fluid situation. We would be making a mistake if we allowed these headbangers to take the country out with no deal. Not only would it be damaging to yeah. us, but also it would be long-term damaging to this partner of ours and to the people, you know, and, and to our fellow Europeans. You know, we 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 need to be the grown-ups here. I think that's how it that's how it played. And we've, as we've always said, contrary to what lots of people who don't understand have said, the EU doesn't want. A fucking weak UK on its knees with <laughs> with a blame myth and mm. rampant right wing. They wanted to, you know, if Brexit happens, they want a dependable, mm. grown up, grown up, successful partner to work with. Eh? But then that, that's where then, that's where then there's an interesting story about how the EU broke broke down. I mean, how, how the different elements broke down. So you had you had what. Um, some people are now reporting as a breakdown in EU unity, where you had Merkel on the one side and Macron on the other side, and you know, and then you had a lot of British commentators looking at this, saying, "Well, what the hell was Macron doing? He was just posing to the gallery, and he was being, you know, he was playing bad cop to Merkel's good cop." And I mean, I, I, a lot of this has been super simplistic and super yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, subjective. Um, but maybe we should have a little bit of a reflection on well, what what did happen here? Well, I think what happened is exactly what uh, 
the Brexiters like David Davis and so on predicted would happen in that uh, there would be divergent views, but there would be an, a late night mm. uh, a late night discussion and mm. they would come together and they come with a compromise that everyone could live with. Where the Brexiters were wrong is that they thought the UK would be in the fucking exactly. room when that happened. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Of course, there was a last-minute um, sort of stitch-up, the way it always happens. But exactly as we had predicted, and exactly as we had said, the people doing that were the EU twenty-seven for themselves. They weren't doing it with exactly. us. We weren't the ones yeah. holding any kind of leverage at that very final moment. She was out of the room. She was often the British ambassador's residence, having treacle tart. <laughs> And I mean, my big worry in the run-up to it, when we started getting, aside from Macron and uh, Charles Michel of Belgium, we were getting very positive things from uh, from uh, from Tusk and and from mm. uh, and from others. Mm. So before it in the last day, it really hardened a bit with this sort of mm. mini summit mm. that the Belgians hosted. Um, with Mark Rutter as well, which was I yeah, mean, it was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean these are the most pro UK. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These are the most pro UK of people, yeah. personally as well as na- yeah. as well as as well as uh, in terms of their yeah. national politics. Um, and they were they were on the verge of having had it completely enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, my big worry was that May's intervention was going to be crucial, and, and lots of diplomats were saying, um, mm. "Remember, I mean, yeah, diplomats I talked to were saying we." Don't, we really, really, really don't want no deal. Mm. But this genuinely is being made by the head. The decision genuinely is being made in the room. Yeah. And, it, it w- and it'll depend on what May says. Yeah. Well, I thought, well, shit. It depends <laughs> on what May says, then we're absolutely fucked. <laughs> yeah. Unleash the manticore. Yeah. 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 Um, but she, she appears to have actually done all right. I mean, we have to admit that. Um, what was really fun, one thing I found really fun about the Macron thing if all the people slagging off, all the re- Brexiters slagging off Macron for not giving, yeah. you know. For not, putting, putting but, his country first. Or but what he was actually doing was was agreeing to May's specific yeah. request, yeah. was his an initial yeah. position to he go was like, to, yeah, to, to give her what she wants. Yeah. 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 Give what you want, Fuck and maybe they'll yeah. piss off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he was castigated. For, but that, I mean, but this is just so yeah. such Says a perfect example yeah. of Brexit. Yeah, yeah. that you know, the less damaging a deal is, the more it's seen as a capitulation. Yeah, you know, the worse something is, the better it's seen as. Yeah, uh, you know, it's good. Everything's completely uh, upside. We're in the upside down now. You know, so no, but I, I think I think I think it, it, it's important that people understand that there. It wasn't just a case of sort of France versus Germany or the good guys no. versus the bad guys. There, there were in, in in every EU twenty seven capital, but especially the ones uh, closest to the UK and most economically um, affected by uh, a potential no deal situation. There, there are genuinely yep. split feelings, and, and, of course, and it could have gone either way. And, and on the one hand, you, you genuinely don't want to have. A basket case on your border and next door. You don't genuinely don't want to have to go through with no deal. On the other hand, they're prepared for it and they really don't want to carry on with the psychodrama any longer. You know, it really is a case of you know what this is beyond salvation. Let them go out and live in the cold for a bit. I mean, we just need to be getting on with stuff. And I think actually, you know, um, that Macron's position can be understood in terms of his having. 
uh, a genuine desire to get on and do the things that uh, he was elected to do and that he has a, a vision for in Europe. I mean, he, he, he is um, some he is a politician that does genuinely seem to have some novel ideas uh, and enthusiasm for, 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 for where he, he takes his project. Yeah, absolutely. He really has. And lots of people said it was, you know, playing to the gallery at home. But the same goes for home. I mean, he has things he wants to get on with at home. He's got his, yeah. he's got his fair share of problems at home at the moment, um, and he wants to deal with them. And it, it's perfectly reasonable that he would, you know, that he would he yeah, want, to, want to do that. Yeah, he's a democratically elected national leader, so you know, uh, nobody can fault him for wanting to carry out his program, his, yeah, his domestic program. Yeah. yeah, very much so. So. For no, so, I don't think you. I don't think unity. I don't think EU unity has gone. Um, there are diverging opinions across Europe. That's not yeah. a question of. Uh, e- that's yeah. not a question of, e- of yeah. uh, EU unity disappearing. And actually, it showed that it showed that they can unify as they always do. The other thing that really struck me as well is that if it had been France that was leaving, it would have been the UK saying no, no more. We're sick yeah. of this. Of I'm sure it would have yeah, been. Of course it would. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that, um, it's, it's, you know, again, you can look at it in different ways. Uh, th- there are certain people, and we know who they are, who say, "Ah, oh, well, it's typical. Just it's, it's another fudge." You know, you've what you've done yeah. is you've just sort of taken, you split the difference, and you've gone for thirty first of October. It's just there's no real reason for it. That's just what they've done. Well, well, you know what? Um, Okay, it's a it's a bit it's a bit longer than um, than than May was asking for, but it, it's not as long as, um, as as some others had been suggesting, including including the Commission. Um, however, um, there is a purpose to this date. It, it, it is the it is the date. It is the day before the new co- uh, Commission takes office. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. it, 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 in that sense, it makes it, it, it makes sense. But also, um, you know. The, the the people the, the 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 Macron party, if you like, um, have a perfectly valid reason to say, well, you know what, we don't want to carry on with this in, in, indefinitely, yeah, and we don't yeah. want to carry on into a new mandate of the college with with the British still involved and 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 uh, potentially playing spoiler because we've got stuff that we want to do that they might not we want to be part of. So did you, you see know, as well? Go on, sorry, did you see as well that Juncker had quipped that uh, there couldn't be an all nighter. Uh, on that day, because he ceases to be president of the commission at midnight. No, I didn't uh, see so it. Ha- so he'd have to leave. If it was an all-night summit, he'd have to leave at midnight yeah. and let the new president deal with it. <laughs> but no, but I thought that was a very e- that was also a very EU thing to do. It's like, well, yeah. I ceased to be president. Well, wouldn't you make some arrangement? No, I ceased to be president at that yeah. point. That's the those are the those yeah. are the fucking rules. rules you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and. And of course, it's it's not uh, inconceivable that we get to the thirty first of October and we have another extension. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, and and um, which of course is what Merkel didn't want. But yeah. no, but surprise, surprisingly, that was clarified very very quickly. You know, there was no hesitation about mm. that being clarified by uh, by Juncker and by uh, uh, Tusk. Um, so yeah, this came out very, very, very fast after almost on the hot on the heels of the of the decision itself coming out. Yeah. So um, yeah, and the question is: Is this leaving the door open in the hope that 
a, bre- a, a solution presents itself, or is this leaving the door open for the UK to stay? I mean, we had the, the conclusions mention uh, mention revoking Article Fifty, which mm. I think were the first ones that have done that. Um, but I mean, can, was it the threat of revocation? <laughs> got the extension was the threat that if they don't find a way to brexit <laughs> these crazy guys might re- might revoke and stay and that goes along <laughs> with the re- but that goes along with the re-smoke thing as well yeah. Yeah. i mean do you think that do you, do you think there's well he'd said it'd be a spoiler much ap- much, but do you think there's much appetite left for the uk to remain as far as eu27 are concerned is it what they want well, I, I think it's as as we said previously. I think I think that people are, are feel very conflicted about it. I think that there there are, there are going to be some people who think it would be a wonderful geopolitical victory for the EU if um, populism in the UK were to be defeated and the UK were to stay. I think that there are some people in EU twenty seven capitals who think it would be uh, a, a massive albatross around the neck of the EU and that we should ditch the UK and get on with. Um, with 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 moving the EU forward, and then there are the majority of people who are going to feel a little bit of both, actually. Mm. So I, I just I yeah. think that people are going to feel genuinely conflicted, just as I feel genuinely conflicted. I do personally feel genuinely conflicted. <laughs> I as a as as a patriotic British person with oh, yeah. very important interests in the UK, I I do not want the UK to leave. I want the UK to be part of the EU. As an a passionate European um, who believes in in, in Europe as a concept and 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 thinks that Europe potentially um, is 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 the solution that we need in a world faced with very serious challenges. I'm not sure that I want the UK to be acting as a as a ball and chain on that. You know, so I feel conflicted too. So, no, I no, I have to admit, I do. It's the it's the truth that Dan speak its name of Brexit. Eh? That yeah. you know, you wake up every morning and you think maybe it's better if we go. Actually, shit. See, I had a, I, I, yeah, I had an entire um, Twitter confession and, and podcast confession lined up for the morning after uh, Brexit, uh, where I was going to say, you know what? I mean, I know I've been fighting really hard for, yeah. uh, for, for 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 Remain, but in a way, I'm relieved, or in a way, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that we've settled for a soft Brexit because uh, that keep, you know, that that minimises the damage while keeping us out of the voting and so on. Now. We, I never got to deploy that, um, that, <laughs> that 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 argument. I'm glad because I I genuinely do in my heart of hearts want us to remain. I really do, um, yeah. but I also genuinely in my heart of hearts <laughs> see see the downsides. So well, also in the, it it it's a difficult conflict because in the long run, uh, what's good for the EU and for European stability is probably good for the UK mm. in the long run. Yeah. I mean, because the UK, the UK would benefit in no way whatsoever from a fragmented Europe. No, indeed, it, it indeed. would make life very. It would make life extremely difficult for it. The yeah. um, So, so yeah. Even you know, in in the long in the long run, Europe being okay is uh, very very important for the for oh, the so UK it's whether, it's in, whether it's in or not. Yeah, um, taking taking the long view, uh, it could well be argued that the UK is better off outside a stable EU than inside an unstable one. It depends as well. I mean, the, you definitely get varying views from different people and from different members and from people from different member states about whether the, whether this would be importing the disease on glaze of, <laughs> at the moment 
of the far right and populism by a sting, or whether it would be, as you say, the defeat of it. Um, I, I mean, personally, I think it would be the defeat of it. I mean, how could Brexiters, yeah, who who are in the governing party, possibly, you know, survive this as as as, as plausible plausible people? You know, I, I think that's how I feel. I think I the way I feel is bottom line is it would just be a massive setback for populism, a massive setback for Putinism, and it would be a massive vote in favour of the EU and EU values. So, I mean, I, I, that's how I see yeah. it. And you, don't, and you don't you don't, get rid of the far right by giving them what they want. No. That's, I mean, it ultimately comes down to that. They're not going to say, well, we've got our Brexit, yeah. we're going to go home and watch Pointless now. Yeah. You know, it'll yeah. be the next thing. It'll be, a, it'll be a minority or minorities generally or human rights. Yeah. Or, yeah, the list goes on. Yeah. Um, and, if you know, there's a proof of concept about this. This is permanent permanent change. It's not even Trump, which isn't necessarily permanent, although, you know, you always worry it could be. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, this is permanent change. So, it, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely this element to it that it's a proof of concept, and if it works here, it can work elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, that's, that's my view. And also... Yeah then you don't have the attenuation of the EU as well. It just continues the slide. Yeah. Um, and as I said before, I can imagine a situation, you know, in 2023, 2024, where, you know, it's impossible to make even a simple agreement because everyone's up in arms about sovereignty and yeah. being fucked by the EU and how wonderful it would have been if it hadn't been for them being spiteful and all that, you yeah. know, which was just horrendous. And, th- and that can spread. That can then spread. Yeah. You know, look at how Brexiters have used the Greeks, have used yeah. the, have used, have weaponized that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then think about how you know uh, yeah, far right forces in Europe would weaponize Brexit. So no, I think that's absolutely right. So I, I think I think for all these reasons, um, there is absolutely no room for complacency. No room. For, uh, we 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 need to keep this fight up. We need to continue to fight for Remain. One thing that one thing that several people have said, which I think. Um, hold some water is that we don't have to have we wouldn't have to have a referendum before halloween what we'd have to for there to be a further extension yeah but that if particularly of the legislation to have one was already in place then you get to the point where not giving an extension would be essentially ejecting the uk yeah at that point while it was still deciding Mm. Um, so I w- yeah so the, the threat of no deal hasn't gone um, but yeah I mean I think a referendum is a way out of this and something I've heard a lot recently as well I don't know about you is a, uh, a sense from people in EU27 that they would they would be worried about a, re- a direct revocation actually that they would prefer it to be yeah. To have a mandate. Yeah. Um, because that's the only way they can show that there's stability in it. I think a lot and of people have, uh, a lot of people feel that way. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's true. Um, I think that having uncorked the genie of, um, of, of the referendum, of the, pop, pop, you know, the will of the people, uh, a popular mandate that somehow overrides parliamentary sovereignty, uh, the only way you're going to get that genie back in its bottle is by uh, using the same method to, to, to close but it off. 
But I think we've heard that more from EU27 than I've ever heard it before. I mean, I have a preference for Revoke in principle, but I think practically that's right. I think practically, if there's to be a chance of sustainability and bringing people together, then it's better to do it. I mean, I think in an emergency, if the the extension hadn't been granted or they'd given us two weeks to prepare for no deal... Yeah. Then I think an emergency revocation is entirely justified yeah. in those circumstances. I don't, yeah. You know, but but no we're given, that. given that we've now got this time, I think that you know we we, we again the sh- the focus shifts away from revoke and back to a referendum, doesn't it? Yeah. I, well, I think I think it I think it has to yeah. partly because of the process at the UK end as well. Yeah. Um, because the 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 urgency as a justification for mm. uh, for revoking has gone until there's an urgency again. Yeah. Until it's an urgency. So, so, but also that it's within reach as well. I mean, this can be, and the negotiations are ongoing between Labour and the Tories. Yeah. If Labour, if Labour genuinely puts it as a condition, yeah. there's some chance that there's some chance that it could come to that, or, or indeed that you might see the indicative votes um, start putting this um, yeah. as, as a. I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. And we hear that, I mean, we hear that there's, um, I, I've read that, you know, there are maybe 20 or 30 Tory MPs. Yeah. Uh, that if it was, if it was sort of countenanced by number 10 as a possibility and put to a, yeah. put voluntarily to a vote by them, then they would go for it. I mean, it does, it does, it does feel um, that it's very much back on the cast, doesn't it? It feels, whereas it feels that it had almost died as a possibility. You feel that it's, um, yeah, very much come back to life. But then we have, but that, but bef- the a problem with this is that to, to try and keep the momentum for that up while yeah. also focusing on the elections. Well, let's. So, so, so before we get to the election, um, let, oh damn! I was do, I was attempting a really subtle segue there. Yeah, but we're not ready for the. I mean, that's the whole oh, other conversation. Thought, oh, <laughs> we haven't finished. We, we haven't, part two. Well, we still need to talk about what happens. What we think is going to happen between now and October. I mean, so there's the June <laughs> date. There's the June yeah. date. So it seems to me like what, what's likely to happen in June is that um, we won't be far enough along and the council will have a discussion and what they'll say is you need to pull your fucking fingers out. Well, uh, well, what Tusk said is that this wasn't, uh, uh, it wouldn't be a point for discussion, that there would be a presentation by the UK um, and potentially by the commission of where they were um, and that would be it, that there wouldn't be a discussion. But there may there may well be some kind of statement by Tusk or yeah, you know so yeah, exactly. and, and where they'd say right you know um, you need to pull your finger out because well, that's not going to be it's not going to be a discussion or a negotiation <laughs> they said yeah no. yeah um, so I mean obviously of course Labour could cave in and uh, and simply agree to a customs union which is already there anyway in the backstop <laughs> um, which I think Tory, would be you mean May not Labour May could cave in. And agree to a customer. Well, yeah, make, make yeah. a cave in, and Labour could cave on every other everything else. <laughs> yeah. um, but that, so, that, that uh, seems unlikely in the current climate. That seems, I mean, they, they seem to be on the front foot. That way. Yeah. yeah, it do, yeah, it does. And, it and you, you're getting some steel. Um, you're getting some steel being shown by various Labour front benches um, and back benches. Yes, which is new Emily Thornberry and people yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, which is and very and new. Get yeah. the sense that that. That you, you get the sense that Labour's not about to simply roll over uh, and follow the Seamus Milne path of... Um, Lexit. Yeah, of 
what was what was what Pol, what was Pol Pot's glorious? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but there's still there's but there is still a chance of that there is still a chance of that of that happening um, because it does depend on it does depend on May and it's still not clear that it's an absolute condition for the uh, to be put for it to be put to a vote. I mean, there's been several things said. There's the um, several very ambiguous things said that. If it, that a bad deal would need to be put to the for what Labour if Labour considered it a bad deal it would have to be put to the population. Yeah, I'm saying that if they considered it a good deal then it wouldn't. Um, and yeah, but that was that was wrong, Faley. I mean, uh, that's not that's not um, that's not what Tom Watson's saying or Emily Thornberry is saying. And so I, I, I think that the people who um, push that I, I, I think they'd get a pretty short shrift from the membership. Well, yeah, but I mean. Corbyn's getting short shrift from membership on this anyway, and he doesn't care. I mean, even Momentum are in favour of a people's vote now. Well, um, and yeah, I, I'm still not. It still re, it still requires Corbyn to 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 move on it, and I'm not convinced that well, he will. Okay. I mean, I very very much hope he will, but I'm not convinced. Well, he, he, that, he, I'm not this convinced is where you get your segue to. This is where you get your segue to the election. But just, very last bit on this. <laughs> My sense. Tell me what your feeling is. I I think that we're likely to get all the way to the 31st of October. We're not going to have... Uh, I think we're unlikely to get a deal before the 31st of October that takes us out. Uh, and I think that on the 31st of October, um, my bet will be on a further extension, probably for a referendum. I think, yeah. I mean, I think for the first time, I felt that, that's 50, that that is 50% likely. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the, for the, for the first time, yeah. I'm, and do you I'm think sure, that... I'm, I'm not sure it's over fifty percent, but I think it's fifty percent at least. And do you, th- do you think? Do you think that um, that Theresa May is likely to still be prime minister in uh, October? I think she probably will be. Yeah, I think she'll. She's shown I every sign of being t- utterly unflushable. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I think she'll just yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's what she does. It's what she um, does, isn't it? It's her one talent. Yeah, or she, or she'll literally literally go on a walking holiday and come back and declare an election. But the polling, yeah. but the polling looks dreadful for them. At the moment, oh God, so. no! There, I mean, well, here, 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 we do get to talk about the election. So um, now, there's all sorts of stuff to say about the European election. Now, we're, 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 I think we can take it as read that there will be a European election uh, that the UK uh, yeah, will yeah. participate in the European election. Yeah, I think what, I, whatever happens now, there'll be an election. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sh- unless, I mean, unless, yeah, there has to be. What's the date? There's a date well before. I mean, May still says it could be pulled at the last minute. You know, no, but they've, so they've registered it, but they, but it's up until polling day. She thinks it could yeah. still be withdrawn. Yeah, which I think it could in principle. Actually, I think she's probably right. But <laughs> if there isn't a deal agreed that goes through the Commons yeah. by then, yeah, then there'll be a European election. That looks yeah. more than like overwhelmingly likely. Yeah. So. so, so I mean, there's been. You know, things move so fast. So uh, we haven't had a podcast since before uh, last week's mm. um, special council. Um, but now everybody's moved on. Nobody's talking about the extension anymore. Everybody's talking about the election and tactics for the election and how who should vote for what. And I mean, I think I think that, that, that there's a number of things to unpick here. But the first is that I think it's very likely that the Tories are just going to get utterly hammered, which is obviously why they don't want to have this. 
Yeah, they do look like they're going to get humped by pulling so far. Yeah, I mean, from every direction. From every direction. Um, And that that could could result in a few things. I mean, on the one hand, that could increase the pressure on May to go. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, are they going to want a general election in that context? I'm not sure. I think that I think the Tory. If I was the Tories, no one to give them ideas. I don't think any of them listen to this podcast. So certainly none of them follow me on Twitter because I used that political tool and found that they don't. We've had Tories on this podcast. We've had one Tory on this podcast. Well, we'll Garvin, yeah. Well, we might yeah. have another. I'm not convinced Garvin's still a Tory. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I think he's naturally conservative. I don't think he's anywhere. That's. Um, I think that I think they'll just pass it off as an election we didn't want, that we didn't take particularly seriously, because as far as we're concerned, the MEPs are only going to be there for a couple of months anyway, so it didn't fucking matter. Oh, so pass it off. Fuck off with sure. it. Fuck off with it. Fuck off but with the election. Yeah. No, but I think I don't think that I think that means that it won't precipitate an election or anything like that. You know, I don't think they'll be. I don't think the Tories will necessarily be sitting with their head in their hands after they get home. They'll just, they'll shrug it off. I think. As, uh, and also, and then on the right of the Tory party. They're happy to get humped by the Brexit Party in the UK. They're happy because they say, "Look, we have to keep we have to keep going to No Deal. We have to keep going to the right, just just like the fear of UK did." Well, but you say before, that, but, you know. But but this is why they. But 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 a lot of these um, ERG types within the Tory Party, they they went to that extreme. Precisely because they were afraid that UKIP had parked its tanks on their lawn, that, that many of yeah. their grassroots activists and constituency parties were you know, leeching away to UKIP and now might leech away to the Brexit party. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that a very strong showing from um, the far right would be welcomed by the far right of the Tory party. I mean, I, that no, could, but I think, that, no, no, I, th- no, I, I genuinely think it would because, because first past the post means that it's almost impossible for, um, for one of those candidates to win in first past the post. Um, this gives, this gives them the argument internally in the Tory party. Don't start with any of you fucking reform and soft Brexit nonsense now. Because look, this proves that we're hemor- we're hemorrhaging votes to people further to the right. We need to pull to the we need to keep on pulling to the right. Yeah. So I think it gives them. I think it gives them. It's grist to their mill. I think that. Well, and I think yeah. that's. And I think that's why Boris Johnson said he wouldn't campaign in it. Yeah. Um, he's going no, 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 no. You know, a good outcome for Farage is ideal for us because no one wants Farage in Parliament. So we'll pick up those votes next time. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I think. I think it's. Um, yeah. I think that that's that's one of the potentially bad outcomes. Um, but, so, do you want to, Chris? You're you're quite good at these things. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about De Hond? <laughs> what, what do you mean? I'm quite good at these things. I'm not good at these things at all. I didn't even know about its existence until yesterday, when somebody quite rightly said to me, because uh, I'd been like blasé about, well, it's PR, isn't it? So it'd be fine. It doesn't matter. You don't need to vote tactically. It's PR, isn't it? And yeah. Somebody came to me and said, well, actually, De Hond, you need to look at the De Hond system. It's a really crap system of it's a real crap, really crap system of PR. That's the problem. Well, Cool, I mean, it's it's it it has its merits and it has its failings, and, and yeah, it does unfortunately, like it. combined with the regional list system that we have in the UK, um, it does very much tend to favour um, 
it very it does very much tend to favour the um, big parties. Um, but basically, the way it works is that um, uh, <laughs> check for note. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, okay, I think I've got the I think I've got this one. So the parties put up lists with candidates in order, um, in numerical order, for a region for a region, and then you vote for a party. And how it works is that the party that has the highest number of votes gets a seat, um, and then. Uh, the number of, their number of votes is then halved. Um, <coughs> then the next part, the, if they're still the highest, if they've got more than half again, they get another seat. And then it's halved again. Then it, then it, and it, then it halves again. Um, then the party with the, uh, the most votes at that point gets a seat. And then number. Hang on a minute. That's not right at all, Steve. Uh, thank you very much to Linus P. Turner, uh, mostly reverend, who on Twitter is at irreverent underscore ish, uh, and John Arnold, who is at Floyd UK, for pointing out that we completely ballsed up the explanation of the Tahon system here. How it actually works, and I've been assured this by uh, by each of them, is that uh, it's correct up to a point. You have regional lists. The party selects candidates. Um, and then uh, the party with the most votes gets one seat. They then have their total number of votes divided by one plus the number of seats that they've got. So that would be one plus one, so two. So it's divided by two. That's where I went wrong because I thought that meant it was halved. That's not true. It's one plus the number of seats that they've got. So if they still have the most votes after... Have been divided after it's been divided by one plus one two. Um, it's then divided by one plus. They get another seat, and it's then divided by one plus two seats. So it's divided by three, and so on and so forth. So this gives quite a different result to if it was halved. And actually, if it was halved each time, uh, as John Arnold pointed out, it would actually probably be slightly more. Uh, it would actually be slightly more proportionate. But we just wanted to drop in and correct this and put it back out again with the correction um, because it's complicated enough without people getting the wrong, <laughs> the wrong explanations given to them. Uh, so thank you. On with the podcast. The difficulty with it is that you have some constituencies, somebody somebody very smart who really get this. I can't remember who it was, but we should find out, find out who it was and maybe ask them if they want to come on the podcast. Was pointing out that it would be a very proportional system if it was countrywide, if there was a single countrywide yeah, yeah, constituency, yeah. which actually there is in Scotland. Yeah. Um, but because it's regions, you have some regions that only have three MEPs, yeah. which means that, well, there's a maximum of three parties that can get a seat. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's much more likely that one of the two biggest parties would get the third seat as well. Yeah. Um, so let's put. So, so the considerations here are very different to uh, a normal election because if uh, so, if, if we're dividing parties into, if we're assuming Labour is a uh, pro Brexit party now, 
Um, although it has to be said, it might turn out to be a properly pro pro people's vote party. This is, as we were talking about before, mm. uh, there does seem to be move, much more serious movement towards this than there was. But that remains to be seen at the moment. I very much hope they are because this blows this out of the water and makes calculations different. But yeah, so in a, in a constituency where we've only got three seats, for example, the northeast. Um, it's very, very difficult to imagine the third party managing to get yes. the, 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 the third seat there. Sure. Um, but what the objective will be um, for to, in several constituencies will, for the, will be for, the, for Remain to get over that initial threshold of getting one seat. Um, right. And what you, what you could, I think the reason that a lot of people are talking about, we're not going to go into tactical voting, it's the mechanics of it here. Uh, we might in the future, but one of the um, one of the reasons people are talking about tactical voting is you can very easily have the idea that it turns out that you needed twenty six thousand votes to uh, to get a seat, and you have two Remain parties both getting twenty thousand votes, yeah. and therefore you don't you end up with no Remain party. Yeah. And I think this is why people are talking about pacts and and all that kind okay. of stuff. No. Okay, this is where I want to come in. Um, so thank you for doing the whole De Hunt thing, um, which uh, you did better than I would have done. Um, now, people are um, conflating um, the issue of seats with the issue of um, uh, the, the signal that the number of votes or sort of sense so so what the reason we vote tactically in westminster elections is because we have a far, first past the post system and um most of us have wasted votes and yeah. it's all about um keeping people out of parliament it's all about influencing the final permutation of parliament so that you might potentially influence who, who gets to be in government and who doesn't get to be, which party gets to be in government. Yes. That's simply not an issue in this election because we're just one country with, okay, a admittedly large number of MEPs, but it's just one among uh, 28 EU member states. And we're not talking about tactically voting so that you alter the ultimate makeup of the European Parliament and therefore who gets to be European Commission president and who gets to bring forward a program. Yeah. Okay. That's not why you're tactically voting. You're tactically voting because when, when we're talking about tactical voting, it's to keep Farage out or it's um, to send uh, uh, an unequivocal to signal. Yeah. It's, it's to send an unequivocal signal about remain versus, versus um, Brexit. Now let's be honest here. You know, when it comes to remain versus Brexit, what counts is the number of votes for remain parties, as opposed to votes for Brexit parties. Now we all know that if um, mm -hmm. the Brexit parties manage to get more MEPs, um, elected than Remain parties, they will say, oh, well, look, the people have spoken. We still want to Brexit. And you know, it, it, it will be spun by either side beyond all recognition. So in a way, it doesn't really, it, it almost doesn't matter what happens. As long as people go out and vote for a Remain party or a Brexit party, you know, that, that's, that's what counts here. Um, on, on I think I have to say on that, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think that on the on your on your, your on your first point about the the impact on the uh, on the on the calculations in Brussels, the calculations about the Parliament. I mean, it is very different to forming government. I completely agree with you about that. 
Where I'm not so sure is the idea that there'll be one metric by which everything's judged by. It'll be judged by the, uh, some people say the number of feet, some people say the number of votes. Uh, you know, um, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, and, that and people I mean, choose I mean, the metric and, that serves them. Well, <laughs> but I think each one will be used by different people for different things, and not just in the UK. I mean, I think, for example, it would matter a lot more to people in the European Parliament. Uh, the people who they know are good and pro-European, uh, individuals they know are good and pro-European are elected. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a, a prime consideration. That would be a prime consideration for those in the in the European Parliament. Um, so that's about the indiv- that's about the individuals. That's not about vote share or number of seats. That's actually about the the individuals that we ship ship over that ship over to the European Parliament. So that's one consideration. What I would say about the percentage, yes, the percentage is very important as well. Um, what I would say is though is that oh I hate that I hate when politicians say what I would say though I hate that. Let Sorry, me be clear. Um, oh oh, um, but a party that doesn't win any seats is 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 has disappeared. I mean the other the other metrics become a totally moot point at that point anyway. Well, and yes and no. Um, I mean yes and no. It depends yeah, on what. No, you, no, no, but no, on. no, no, no. Hang no, on, Steve. It on. depends on what. It, I mean, it, it works on multiple mm. levels here. Um, no, it doesn't. So, no, 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 therefore, 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 focusing on one is wrong, is my point. That's, no, but I'm, that... I'm not saying that we should focus. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are multiple metrics and they each serve slightly different purposes, but we need to focus. So, you know, the people that are now already, you know, ter- you know, wringing their hands saying, oh my God, look at the opinion polls. Oh my God, Farage is going to be elected again. We must do everything we can to vote tactically to keep Farage out. Forget it. That's not what, oh, well, that's, that's not well, why that's... we're here. No, well, that's a different thing. I mean, Farage. Will, He's going to get. Be, he'll be top of. A, he'll be top of a list in a region in the the region most likely to vote for him. Yeah. So he's very likely to get a seat, and it's very hard under this system because it's not first past the post. You can't vote technic. You can't really vote tactically to specifically keep Farage. Exactly, out. and so you know, and um, so yeah. that's just you know, and so what? I mean, that's just, that's no, life. no, that's no, democracy. no. But I'm not. No, but I'm just not sure that that's what that's one consider. That's a very specific consideration, though. Um. So there are tactical considerations in different regions because there'll be regions where it's pretty clear what how the how the how the first two seats are going to go, and there's one or two floating seats. There's the, the what you might in a normal election you would call target seats, but these are the target seats that that will be uh, third or fourth or fifth or sixth, depending on which region it is, or even further depending on which region it is, that could fall to a Brexit to a to the Brexit party or to or to UKIP. Um. And and in that in those cases, splitting the vote between two Remain parties, like splitting it between the Greens and uh, the Lib Dems, is more likely to allow that to happen. Um, at that point, it actually becomes who get you know who gets the um, who gets over the who gets over the threshold there. Um, so they they are t- they are elements are tactical elements around the seats. You, ca- you can't say the seats don't the seats don't matter. <laughs> It only, only the vote share matters, and well, you can't no, just focus on vote share. I didn't say that. I'm saying that they vote, they matter for different reasons, and yeah, that people yeah, need to be clear on what on what they're voting tactically for and why. And then, then if they are clear that they're voting tactically because they want to maximise, say, uh, the Remain vote, I mean, I've, I've got every sympathy for that. But let's let's remember that. This is not a proxy referendum. We don't want this to be. We want an actual referendum. Uh, okay. Well, and yes. What, no, no. Let me yes, finish. Okay, uh, let me finish. It's thought, what it's we bound want to be a bit low. Steve, let, let me finish the thought. Okay. We don't want this European election to be a proxy referendum. We want a referendum. Okay. 
What the European election should be for is for government at the European level, not as some protest vote in the UK. OK, we want to be good EU citizens. Well, let's be EU citizens, not be national citizens using our European platform for national objectives. I mean, that's not what it's there for. That's not being a good European voter. Ah, uh, yeah, but come on. It's going to be used as that. This is the first... This is the first but thing it shouldn't be. No, come on, that's not fair. That's exceptionalist. That's anti-democratic. That's, no, it's not exceptionalist. No, it's an acceptance of the reality about it. If, um, if the result of the election was that the main two parties plus plus one of the one of the uh, one of the far right parties gets all of the votes, this will be taken by many, many, many people in the UK. And not just by Brexiters who are using it. This will be taken by many, many people. Say, look, that look, that's it. That's that's the man. Look, what it's a total shit show, and people are still voting for Brexit. And a majority of people are still but voting. But people are going to vote for Brexit. I mean, look. I mean, again, we, we, we're no, talking no, across purposes. Like... We're talking across purposes. People are going to vote for Brexit parties, and people are going to vote for Remain parties. And should a Brexit party get a couple of seats in the European Parliament? Well, they will and the Remain Party is not, that obviously is, is undesirable. However, you can't ask the Green Party, which is part of a, a, a pan-European Green movement and a completely different political group ah. in, in, in Brussels, you can't ask them to drop out in favour of the Lib Dems who are ALDE. Ah, no. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not asking that at all. That's an electoral pact. That's not what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about is Remainers voting tactically. We're not talking about the par- the parties doing that. We're not talking about that at all. Otherwise, of course, like the Greens, the Greens would have to drop out entirely in Scotland, and I don't think they, I don't think they should. What we're talking about is how how Remain Remainers who put Remain at the top of their agenda of political issues. Uh, should vote to best maxim- to best maximise the impact of their vote. We're not talking about the parties here because the party the parties aren't going to form electoral pacts anyway. That's gone. I mean, that chance is absolutely gone. A lot of people are still talking about that. A lot of the conversation well, yeah, on Twitter yeah. is like, oh, why aren't um, why aren't the Lib Dems um, signing? You know, uh, teaming up with Tig, or why aren't you know the Greens backing out and leaving no, the floor? To- no, 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 and they aren't, and 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 they aren't going to. And that's, I mean, I think what you could do is you could. Uh, you could you could uh, do the kind of thing that the Greens and Lib Dems did in in a in in a general election, and basically split split the uh, constituent split split the regions of focus for the campaigns. Uh, for where the Lib Dems have the best chance, uh, then uh, the Greens don't put a lot of effort into that, and where the Lib Dems and vice versa. I mean, I think they could do that informally, but the idea that there's going to be a formal electoral pact, I mean, I think that's been ruled out by everyone. Tig have ruled that out. And it should be. Um, well, yeah, but that's a different question. We're talking about how pe- how, how how punters, how pro-European punters should vote. That's different. Yeah, that's right. a different okay. question. Yeah, I, I granted. I mean, I, I yeah. still feel that... Because um, I agree with you about the parties. I completely understand why the parties don't, don't want to run on a single list when they're in different groups. And, I mean, I think <laughs> a lot of Green voters would be horrified uh, by the idea of uh, the Greens, you know, not standing candidates, yeah. and saying and saying vote vote for the Lib Dems. I mean, they're, they're incredibly different parties. Well, absolutely, um, and and you know, yeah, the yeah, green issues are are are, 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 are um, the most important issues facing um, Europe, face, facing us 
as as a civilization and 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 our actions are going to be that much more um effective if if they're done at the european level so voting for a green ticket in the european parliament elections you know f- frankly that's pretty important and i, I don't yeah, want to recommend and anybody but wider, yeah and their views of markets are completely different as well i mean so yeah completely no 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 I, i'm not talking about that i'm talking about tactic i'm talking about actual tactical voting not oh, well, uh, not tactical alliances yeah um and that's why and at the but I don't think, you know, everyone's saying on Twitter, how should we vote, how should we vote to maximise our vote here? And it is going to depend entirely on the region. And to some extent, it's going to, it's going to depend on what you think is most important as well. I'd, there's some questions about this that simply can't be answered for people. Um, you know, it's very different. It is very different to the anti-Brexit title voting of the general election, you know, where uh, analysis, was, you know, basic, the basic principles were the best chance of getting a Remain MP. Um, so whoever whoever was uh, definitely Remain and had the best chance of, of winning it, uh, Remain put their um, yeah. Remain put put their effort behind. And you can't, yeah, you can't do that here. But, but also, also there was a reason for that, which is that you're going to have votes in Parliament where you're having a Remain MP is 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 going to matter. Whereas this, you know, again, this is not the same kind of election. If you, no, if no, you, absolutely. you know, if you if you have a Remain MEP, so what? You know, what's important is the fact that your vote as an individual registers as somebody who says, you know, here I am. I had a chance to vote, and I voted for. I voted Remain. Whether that results in a remain mep or not is kind of irrelevant no well i, I mean i totally i <laughs> we're going back around in circles mm-hmm. here because i absolutely disagree well i know you said but i think no no but I, think, I mean i think you're just you're just asserting that because you, you're ignoring the reality of domestic politics i think what you're being an idealist that this is how european what european elections no, i'm not should I'm being be the opposite of a idealist under, i understand under, that whatever happens under normal expectations but under normal circumstances, this in the UK is not under normal circumstances. But whatever happens, Steve, it will be spun by the other lot as meaningless. Whatever happens, well, not, whether we get well, MEPs not, or not MEPs, whether we get votes or not, I mean, it'll be spun as being well, irrelevant. But not really, because the uh, the maximising seats doesn't come at the and this is the this is the this is the, the, a big difference. Uh, between tactical voting and a general election, maximising seats does not come at the price of, fewer, of potentially fewer votes overall. Maximising seats also maximises Remain part, not individual parties, but the the group of Remain parties' uh, number of votes overall. There's not an either or going on either or going on here in the way that they could, in the way that voting for uh, Labour candidates and then getting your eighty um, percent uh, of fucking people voted for. Pro-EU parties happened last time. Uh, Pro-Brexit parties was used last time because if you're max, if you're maximising number of seats, you're not losing any votes. It's just about distribu- distribution of your vote between uh, different uh, Remain parties to make sure that they have the best chance of uh, of, of meeting the thresholds and and getting a and getting a result. So there isn't a conflict between maximising the Remain vote and maximising number of seats because no votes are lost as a result of of doing that. So. So it's different. It's different in that respect. Of, it's different in that respect as well. Where I think the real difficulty comes, where I have great personal <laughs> personal difficulty, because it also applies to my uh, electoral region, is where you have uh, is the case of the Labour MEPs. I mean, you have uh, some absolutely brilliant uh, 
pro-EU uh, Labour MEPs, which we can name. We, I mean, we should name, actually. <laughs> like Seb Dance and Richard Corburn and uh, uh, Jude and Julie. And uh, there's lots of them. They're absolutely, mm. they're absolutely brilliant. And also they've worked really, really hard to work cross-party on, on Brexit. Mm. Completely out of character with Westminster politics, unrelated to Westminster politics early. And they've also worked really hard to try and move the Labour Party front bench position. Um, and yet, unless, so, you know, I could never tell someone to vote against them um, because they're, they're excellent. And, mm. you know, the fact that they're in a different party to me <laughs> doesn't, you know, you shouldn't mm. not say they're excellent as a result of that. They are. It's a fact. Um, so, that, yeah, the difficulty is what you do then because, yeah, you don't want to be, if, if Labour doesn't move its position, it's, it's official position, Mm. then you're in danger of your vote being used to justify Brexit again, the way it was in 2017, the way the mm. tactical votes were in 2017. And and that, I mean, that is a very, very, very difficult decision. And it can only really be the sort of, it can only really be your balance. I mean, there's arguments raging about this already on Twitter. And that yeah. comes down to a real personal choice about what you think is most important there. Yeah. You know? Um, because, I mean, for you, from... Uh, you know, from 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 your side of the earlier argument, sending good MEP, a good pro-European, and also good MEPs in general, is obviously better. Is obviously better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a real. Diff- I, I have a real difficulty, and I absolutely don't have an answer to that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, vert- almost, I I find it unforgivable that the Labour Party put people in a position where people who voted tactically, where anti-Brexit people mm. who voted tactically were scooped up into this 80% who voted for, for pro-Brexit parties. And the Labour Party has never questioned that. The Tories have used it and they've let them get away with it because it was essentially true. Um, people just didn't think it was at the time. Mm. And I've, I find that absolutely unforgivable, giving a free pass to an argument, to an argument like that. Well, it wasn't true. I mean, it wasn't true. It wasn't true. It's it, it's a lie. I mean, no, well, it, no, it wasn't. You no, can, actually, you can, it's no, it, no, it wasn't. It said in the it, it wasn't. It said in the Labour manifesto that they respect the results. No, of the what, what, it, it, it isn't true that. that the that the people who went to vote for Labour were pro Brexit. That's what I'm no, saying. No, of course, of course, no, of course, that's not true. Absolutely so, not true. So it is a lie to say, well, eighty um, percent of people voted for Brexit. No, but they don't. They're very careful. They say eighty percent of people voted. Yeah, but for we know what they're saying. Parties. I mean, that it's sophistry. But the, no, but that is true. No, that is true. That statement is actually true, and that shouldn't it's, have been allowed to be anywhere near true. But yeah, I, I guess the I guess the thing that I feel I'm not quite um, getting across um, in a very articulate way, and maybe it's because I haven't yet formulated my thoughts um, thoroughly yet myself. Although not, not. I think. I acknowledge everything that you've said about um, individuals wanting to choose uh, a candidate that stands a good chance of getting elected and that they're not going to be leeching Remain votes off any, you know, it, you're still going to get the overall number of Remain voters and it's more about actually getting somebody um, into into the European Parliament um, in in. Who, who stands a chance of getting that third spot and, rather than somebody from UKIP say, oh, I get that. I get all that. I guess the mm-hmm. point I'm making is that um, 
I feel that the discussion that I've been reading on Twitter and hearing is another case of Westminster exception. It's people talking about it in Westminster terms. It's people talking about it in, 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 as, as, as an exceptionalist piece of Westminster tactics and not as a European election for European policy, policy done at the European level. Now, maybe that's just inevitable given the situation where we are, but it still makes me very uncomfortable and, and, and unhappy. I want people to vote for the European in the European elections for a European platform. That's what I'd like to see. No, no, I think you. I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, I think you're right. Yes, I think you're right about that. I think this is going on. I think that um, for some part, for look for every, for every party, there are there are other implications about this as well. I mean, for the SNP and Scottish Greens. There's also the question of, you know, getting a, uh, the idea of getting a, a pro-independence, pro-EU majority and the signal that that sends to Westminster in terms of future, uh, future referendums, the signal that it sends to the EU in front, in terms of a future independent Scotland being independent in the EU. And I think, I mean, I think that's really fucking important as well. Um, so yeah, there's obviously all of these concerns and then there's concerns for a new, for, the the independent group it's a new party so you know they need a they want a launch pad uh for this which is not necessarily to do with whether we stay in the eu or not and it's not necessarily to do with a uh wider european pr- perspective either mm. actually um it's about launching it's about a new party uh trying to launch and trying to have some electoral success in its first test uh lib dems need a revival in terms of domestic politics um as well the greens We'll see it as an opportunity to uh, to bank some of the increased popularity that the polls that the polls have been showing for them. So yeah, absolutely, there'll always be. But it, you can't pretend that in other countries there's none of this either. I mean, okay, maybe it's not quite as acute, but I share the I share the idea of stand. I share the idea that ideally you're standing on platforms which are about about visions of the future of future of Europe, and those exist as well. But people aren't just voting. People are always voting with domestic considerations in every member state. They certainly are in Belgium. Well, I mean, there's no doubt about that see, in Belgium. Of course they are. I'm not naive. I mean, I know I know that. My my point is that it's not just that it it's not just that it happens. It's that it is taken for granted that that's happening. That is different. That, that, yes, that's that, different. Yeah. It doesn't even occur to people that actually there's a there's a point to these elections beyond whether we remain or, or whether we want to be remainers or Brexiters. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's one thing for the, for the, for the UKIP types to, 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 to use the elections in that way. But it's another thing for those of us who actually claim to be remainers and, and, and pro-EU and interested in, in an EU level of doing politics no, then to I completely ignore the EU elections as a way of but delivering some, a platform. But some people are. I mean, there's a, um, a manifesto on uh, uh, the, future, the future of green Europe which all sitting Labour MEPs have uh, have signed up to. <laughs> okay, it hasn't become the Labour manifesto yet, but I mean that's certainly that's certainly not taking that for granted. That's certainly looking well, at MEPs are one thing, but I'm talking European. about elect- the electorate. I'm talking no, no, about the try- discussion. But, yeah, in- no, no, but they're trying to bring. I mean, the discussion's just started, and they you know they try they're trying to look to get the discussion round to round to that, but. At the same time, when you're facing such an existential thing as re- remain or leave, 
it's very. I mean, it's very hard for people to look at. That. I mean, I don't know how much. I don't know how much of the news you see outside of Brexit, but I see virtually nothing. I I am so badly informed about what the fuck is going on in the rest of the world as a result of this, because it's it's such an overriding issue that impacts every single other consideration that that we have. Um, so yeah, you shouldn't. You def, I mean, you should avoid at all costs voting for people who have a, a a vision of the future of Europe that you don't that you don't like or you think is a bad a bad thing. Absolutely, you should. I mean, yes, you should certainly do that. I mean, it. And there's a big difference in what that would be between between the the Remain parties potentially as well. well um, for example, okay, um, we've spent the last three or four years. Um, explaining to as many people as we can reach that the EU is actually quite um, democratic and that um, to everybody who comes back and says, yeah, but you know, how do I get to vote for, you know, Mr. Juncker? We say, well, you vote for the party in the European elections that then puts forward its Spitzenkandidat as, as, the, as, as the president of the European Commission. You'll then, you know, um, largely shape the program of the European Commission. Yeah, but there isn't, there, but there isn't, there isn't a UK party that's in the same group as. No, 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 no. I don't know the groups but, that have but, a chance. But, but of, no, well, that's not true. That's not true. The Labour Party is in the S and Not Remain Party. But yeah, but the Labour Party's not Remain. Well, party. I know, but that's the point. I mean, <laughs> the point I'm making is that if you are approaching this election in the spirit in which I think you should, as an EU citizen, that is to say you believe in European democracy, then you should be saying, OK, I'm going to vote for the S&D candidate because I want Franz Timmermans to be the next president of the European Commission. And they, now you'll come back to me and say, well, you'd be crazy to do that because um, Corbyn, the leader of that party, is a Brexiter. So you're effectively giving your vote to Brexit. And you'd be right. And that's the point. That's the point is that nobody's talking about voting S and D in order to get Timmermans as the no, president of the commission. Yeah. Everybody's no, talking in terms of, well, you don't want to vote for Corbyn because he's a Brexiter. And I mean, that's a, that's a disgraceful place to be. But I think in the circumstance, in the circumstances, I don't see how it could be any different. But nobody's even talking about the, the, the conflict here. I mean, you're right. You're right in that it would be very difficult to vote for, for Labour in the current circumstances as a Remainer. But nobody's saying, and that really hurts me because I want an S&D president of the commission. Nobody's even thinking about it. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. Well, is, I'm being devil's advocate here, um, because I I completely, I totally agree with you. I think it's inevitable, but I totally agree with you that it's not great, that it's, it's not ideal, but I think it's inevitable. But are people outside of political bubbles, normal punters who work in shoe shops and offices and what have you, in Belgium or Germany thinking that either? Are we but that, 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 that's, that argument makes me so cross. No, of course they're bloody not. But why, why, should, why, why is that an argument? I mean, those, you know, well, because all the member states because, suffer well, from the same problem. it's exceptionalist and it was, it was Britain being no, like no, no, its old no. self. It, 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 it is exceptionalist of the UK political class to be ignoring uh, the European dimension of these elections. Ah, now, that, is, cer- that is, is certainly perfectly true. Absolutely. I understandable agree with that. Yes, and yes. normal that the average voter is doing it because 
that, that, that's, that's unfortunately the nature of these things. And that is the mountain that we have to climb yes. as European Democrats to, to, to try and instill this sense of yes. a European political uh, identity in people. And I mean, I'm not, not, again, I'm not naive. I'm not expecting that just simply to happen. Is it? Or if, if we can't even if we can't even get the political class to do it, then there's no chance yeah. for the people doing it. Yeah. Yes, I absolutely take that point because certainly the political bubbles in Belgium and Germany and Italy, well, maybe less Italy right now, but um, the political bubbles in most EU countries are thinking along those lines as well as along national lines. Yes, uh, you're right about that. The, the people much less so, I think, and well, possibly yeah. not much not much more than in the UK either. Yeah. But yeah, I take I definitely take your point about that. I think that's I think that's absolutely right. And until that changes, then we'll be then we'll be in the same we'll be in the same mess. Absolutely, yes, I I completely completely agree. But that's slightly unrelated to how. I mean, I think what we wanted today, what actually what we wanted with this podcast was not like we said was mm. not to tell you how to vote yeah. in, <laughs> in the EP elections, but to actually talk about what the con yeah. to talk talk about what the considerations were and i think i think that's really right i think i think parties particularly like the greens would would be saying exactly that and they'd be saying that's why we're not that's why we're not going mm. into electoral mm. acts because uh <laughs> the 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 green future of europe is more important than brexit mm. actually mm. um it's more important than than a than a single member than any any concern yeah. of a single member state yeah, um, I'd have some. Uh, no, I don't mean. I don't. They wouldn't be saying it's more important than Brexit. That's not true. But it's the long term. It's long term future of fucking humanity, not just. Well, I, yeah, exactly. The, yeah. the Greens have um, a, a pan-European platform, and 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 yeah. the, the 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 European Green movement um, is going to be saying, you know, we have more important issues at stake here than whether or not um, one member state decides to, yeah. you know. So yeah, look, I mean, yeah. Um, no, that's a really good. That's a, no, no. I really take. I really do take that point about um, it not being a consideration of the political bubble. It's zero, zero, really reported and not talked about among the among the commentary. No, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. So, so okay, right. I, so I, I, I ma managed to get off my chest my particular um, federalist. Um, issue with 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 the debate that we're having, and I don't, I don't know if I did it in a very articulate or convincing way, but I managed to at least get it off my chest. So I look, found it quite I, convincing. Yeah. I think we should we should definitely keep coming back to this um, yeah. as the elections approach, and keep talking about the dilemmas that, you know, that voters are going to face, and and and, and how he, how a remain. Uh, a remainer should 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 be approaching the election, and we we don't we won't necessarily come up with answers, but we're going to keep talking about it, and um, hopefully give that, people some yeah. things to chew over. I think there are other, I think there are other things the parties can do, other than stepping aside for each other or notionally stepping aside for each other by mm. not campaigning too hard as well. I mean, for example, uh, parties can parties can unite behind a fact checker. Mm. Um. They can unite in the desire for no bullshit and agree to call to call out lies, is uh, in a sort of united in a united way, mm. you know, so that no one's left to hang out to dry. I mean, I think that's one one way that they can one way that they can do it. Um, so they are, I mean, they are ways, and they can fight it. They can fight it clean, as well. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the ways, and I would expect that most would anyway. Yeah. But yeah, they can they can they can they can fight it clean. They can not smear their opponents. They can not do negative. They can not do negative component uh, negative campaigning against fellow Remain parties. Yeah. 
they can do positive, you know, do positive campaigning. So they, yeah, I mean, they can help live well by running. Mm. And I, I mean, I think the Remain parties will, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. um, I think that I think they they also happen to have a tendency to be the ones that would want to want to try and do that more than the others anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I have to say, I, I really, I hope that Labour move on this so much, and they don't. I don't think they even have to move to Remain. I think they just have to move to a people's vote. If they really move to a people's vote before this, mm. what I think what what would end up happening is that they would see a surge of mm. support from Remainers, um, because they have great MEPs, and I think people are much more aware that they have good MEPs mm. than than they were a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I think that would, I think that would change things, that would change the landscape significantly and it would send a, uh, and it would send a superb message to the EU about the future as well. Absolutely. Well, I think it would send a couple of messages. It would send one to the EU and it would send another one also, I think, a very clear message to um, the Tory party and to um, the wider UK political establishment that if uh, Labour comes out as a clear remain party or at least a, a party that is going to offer the option to the people to remain if they were to do that then and then win big yeah then then you know, all bets are off i think that would that would sort of really really change the dynamic because at the moment yeah. you know um any conservative can point to the opinion polls and say well you might say whatever you like but look we're still ahead of the opposition so yeah yeah absolutely yeah no very much so look um uh we we should probably wrap that segment up for now yeah, because absolutely. we're definitely going to come back to it um yeah and uh i'm beginning to tail off into <laughs> total as as you do yeah um uh, incomprehensible and yeah like like we said don't 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 feel um I mean, Chris and I do have different viewpoints on it, but it's, it's very deliberately trying to <laughs> eke out. Try, we don't, we all, I don't think we either, either have uh, hugely fixed views about what the best thing for individuals no, to do is at no, this point. We need more analysis and we need more work being done on it and we need more input yeah. from different people um, to make people think about yeah. the different concerns that they have to come up with. Like I said, I don't think it's like Westminster where there's just a single answer. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, um, a single I, simple formula, you know. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, fair, it's fair to say, actually. I mean, I, we should, I mean I, why not share with the listeners that, you know, before we started recording, we were actually having quite an interesting personal chat about um, whether or not um, one of us or both of us should seriously consider throwing our hands to the ring and... and, and Becoming a I candidate. Should say one, I should say one of us had already very, very firmly decided that that I wasn't going to. Okay, so I, I, I'm, I've been thinking quite carefully about whether I might, whether I might. Now, I have been thinking about it, and I've decided on balance that I'm not going to for all sorts of reasons. But one of the reasons is exactly that you know, I um, I prefer the freedom of having this kind of conversation, not having all the answers, but having some ideas. And being able to see the different sides of it and also being able to sort of work on my views on the fly, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, politicians yeah. don't generally get to do that. You have to have, you have to know it all in advance. And that's, of course, one of the reasons why people, it's not very natural and people don't, people don't like that. But it, And also, it, also, I think from a kind of, from a, I mean, I think it's fair to say that to some extent, both of us are, are quite geeky. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And what that geekiness means is that I, I very often don't, even on quite important questions, I very often don't have a very firm opinion on them. Yeah. Because, you know, wider political questions, because I haven't thought hard about them and I haven't read lots about them and I haven't, you know what I mean? I haven't, mm. I haven't, uh, uh, I haven't given it enough thought to have a sort of firm opinion. I might have a, you know, an instant, instant what I happen to reckon now that you've asked me the question reaction to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's, there, yeah, there's lots of things, <laughs> lots of very important areas of public policy that I don't have a particularly well, strong what's view the, about. What's the Yates line? The, the best are full of doubt, the worst are full of passionate intensity. Isn't that the line? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, and often, I mean, you know, because the things that I haven't thought about a lot, um, when you have conversations with people about them and you, you know, uh, give an input, give an input, you know, what comes back is that your position's quite inconsistent with other things yeah. and, and you know, and, and so on. And that's it. That's the, that's why you have the conversations and so on. But mm. to, yeah, to be able to go in and say, well, I've been told that this is absolutely the way that this has to be done. Yeah. Um, and therefore I'm going to, and therefore I'm going to say it. I, I would find very, I mean, it's not as clear cut as that in, particularly not in the European Parliament, it has to be said, mm. where the whipping is, uh, uh uh, very, very, very different to uh, the kind of very hard whipping of the uh, uh, of Westminster. But still, I mean, you 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 can't be in a party and then go. It's not fair to be a representative mm. of a party and then go around saying things that are contrary to its policy. That's not. That's actually not. You know, yeah. at least <laughs> you at least shouldn't go into it intending to do that. I mean, it might become necessary to do that as we're seeing now across British yeah. politics. But you can't go in. You can't go into it. You can't throw your lot in with a party intending to do that. I mean, I think that's, no, just, I mean, that's a bit disingenuous as well. So politics is a product that you're selling, you know, um, and and so there is sort of the law of contracts kind of applies, or at least the spirit of the law of contracts applies. Was this hair or dicey that said it? Who was it? Oh, no, Schumpeter, wasn't it? Who said it's a? It's just an, it's an expression of the market. Mm. With, uh, the product being uh, the product being the policies and the representatives. Um, that sounds that sounds plausible. I'm not a yeah. politics student, so I don't know. I just came up. I'm trying, with to, remember it level, I'm trying to remember my A-level politics <laughs> now. <laughs> Steve, should okay, we do so a lie of the week? Let's finish with a lie of the week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Insert. Yeah. Insert music. Should I roll the music? Yeah, roll the music. Rolling music. I don't believe you. Liar! Oh, lie of the week. I've got two um, perfectly cromulent lies for you this week, um, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, very much um, relevant to the issues that we've been discussing. So the first is the way in which the ERG, you know, you know how they have their li- uh, their line to take for the week. So yeah. their their line to take for the week has evidently been that no deal is the favoured outcome for a majority of the public, and they've been yeah. saying this um, 
uh, again and again and again and again, and they've been pulled up on it by by various broadcasters. Thank God they're now pulling them up on it. But you had Redwood saying it and being pulled up on it. You had um, uh, Peter O'Born uh, in the Daily Mail pulling um, um, Peter Lilly up on it uh, and, yeah. and others on it. You had Boris Johnson um, being taken to um, was it Ofcom um, in the Telegraph yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 being found. Um, you know, and the Telegraph thing, essentially making the defence that nobody takes Boris Johnson yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, look, you know, <laughs> come on. Hell. I mean, he's Boris Johnson, Jeez, so nobody could. Christ. Everybody knows he's he's a ma- massive liar. So come on. Yeah. It, so that's my that's my lie of the week, which is that um, uh, the lie of the week is that the majority of the public want no deal. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a blatant lie. It's just not true. There's no poll that shows that. It's just a lie. So, you know, there you go. There's one lie. Um, I like the second. I really like the second one here. The second, the one second lie. It was great. So you've got a tweet by David Bannerman, who's, an, uh, who's a, 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 a Tory MEP, who is uh, very Eurosceptic and also very wrong. <laughs> well, I think it's, I mean, you've got to be fair to people. It's not fair, you know, just to fling stuff about like this. So... You've got to be fair. I think a nicer way of putting it would be that he's very much on the fucking nutter end of the Tory party, you know? <laughs> but it's also fair to say that he's very wrong. It's very, very wrong. Very wrong. So, dear old David, um, again, it, 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 it's not unique to him. Lots of people have been saying this. Um, what he's saying is that the people are going to be really angry if we hold elections to the European Parliament. Um, now it's particularly ironic coming from him, a member of the European Parliament. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Um, so many people, from Theresa May herself right the way on down, have been saying um, that holding elections would be a failure of democracy, would somehow be an insult <laughs> to democracy. When war is peace? <laughs> yes, I mean yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's straight out of Orwell. You know, yeah, freedom is slavery. I mean, come on. And he just got hundreds and hundreds of replies of people saying, actually, I'd be very happy. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love, really looking forward to it. Also remember as well, um, the democratic theorist in me hates me for making this remark, but remember, you have the option not to vote. Voting's not compulsory. You know, if, if you're not, angry... Not in the UK, anyway. No, people keep... No, no, people keep saying it's ridiculous that I'd be forced to vote mm. on this, you know, three mm. years after the referendum. Well, you're not, you're not forced to vote. No. I'd recommend I'd recommend that you did, even if you're a Brexiter. Um, I'm, not telling, people that, I'm not telling people. I'm not going to tell people that they shouldn't vote. But you have the option. Not to, I've not voted in elections before. Well, um, in, in Belgium, you you're obliged to vote. to vote, but you can go to the ballot box and you can enter a vote null. You can, you know, you can yeah. abstain, and or you could do as Roger Helmer recommends all <laughs> Brexiters do. <laughs> you go in and you just write. We want Brexit all across your ballot papers. By all yeah, means, go brilliant. ahead and do that if that's what you want to do. I will not stop you. No, absolutely I, not. I wouldn't, in fact, I'd rather encourage you to do so if that's if that's what you want. If that's what you want to do. I, I mean, even better, if you go the whole hog and draw cock and balls across it, if you fancy <laughs> it, that's fine. No problem at all. No problem whatsoever. <coughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, lots of, people are very, lots of people are absolutely delighted to, mm-hmm. be, to be taking part in them. I have to say I am. I've never, I've, 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 I've always hated this idea that standing in the elections is, uh, is a problem. 
Um, I don't think it's... I think it's unfair. I think it's a... Pre- People dislike me for saying this as well. The prevail... There's, there's a very strong view in the EP that we can't have it because we don't want loads of fucking UKIP types being re- being returned again. We're finally getting rid of them. Yeah. Well, I... I think that's really unfair. I think that's deeply unfair. It's democracy. If we're still a member, we have we yeah. have elections. That's the way it is. That's the way the law is, and that's the way the principle is. Um, so I, I've never liked that at all. No, I, I agree. Also in the you. UK, yeah, you know who it's a problem for? It's a problem for the two main parties. It's a problem yeah. for Labour because they have to come out with an unequivocal policy on a people's vote, or they're going to get fucked. Um, or uh, and for the Tories, because they're going to get absolutely humped by uh, by the fascists. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, by, so, no, uh, not in, just by them, by by both sides. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't uh, yeah, underestimate no, quite, the, uh, no, the, the the bleeding that, uh, that they're going to get from from the business uh, supports and from the One Nation. T- I mean, that's all going to just fade. I mean, that's going to bleed away. Well, I think I think that's going to that's going to be. They, there's a very high chance of people just not of, the, of those people just not turning out, or or going to vote for maybe TIG yeah. or um, yeah 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 Dems, absolutely but, um, yeah yeah so so you know it's it's not the people who are angry at a vote it's the leadership of the two main political parties yeah. that are unhappy at the prospect and projecting of the vote. And, as usual on the entire population their own particular exactly pe- yeah yeah and if a party's scared of an election they shouldn't. They should have a have a deep think about why they're a political party. Yeah. I mean, uh, so yeah, there we go. And so yeah, I'm delighted about it. And we should re- we should remember the reason we're, the reason we're having them is a brilliant reason. We're yes. still in the fucking EU. Yes. I mean, we, I know we always do this, but six months ago, did you think yeah. you know? Did you think we'd definitely still be in the EU now? No, I was extremely Absolutely worried not. that we wouldn't be. Absolutely. And I'm still very, and I'm still very worried in the long run that uh, that it will work out. That the that momentum will 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 drop off and fatigue set in. Um, I'm still worried about No Deal. The mm. EU 27 fully running out of patience in October, mm. and there being there being No Deal. I'm still very worried about those kind of things. But we have potentially the space to do something about it now. Yes, we do, and this was and this was absolutely essential. And those who say we shouldn't have, it would have been better if we hadn't had an extension, because we would have had to revoke, are making a fuck. We're making a fucking gigantic bet. People yeah. who said that, um, that uh, because something was obviously right that it would actually happen. Um, and I'm, well, we don't have a count. We don't have the counterfactual, but I think that was that was. Dancing with serious danger, the people who 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 did say that. Yeah. So. No, I, I, you're right, and and it's really important that we remember that you know we we we're, we're having um, this discussion. You know, you and I have managed an, <laughs> another record-breaking long podcast um, where we've had a at times quite sort of lively discussion about how um, the European election should unfold. That is great that we're having that discussion it's fantastic yeah, it's, it's really good it's news absolutely brilliant i mean it really yeah, is and all, the, all the it is and all the complexity of the situation and all the different considerations you should love having yeah. to understand this system you should love having to look at your look, look at the candidates and look at what each party means and balance up the, diff, the different things and yeah. what it means to you and what's most important for you you should relish this it's yes. wonderful it's gr- fucking great that we get to do it yeah don't don't so. don't don't send me uh, sob stories about how what a terrible thing it is that you don't know who to vote for in the european parliament um, because i mean no, just be happy that you're getting a vote in it it's yeah. wonderful and, and, 
and talk to people and read stuff and think about it. And yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fantastic. And participate. And participate in the EU. This is participating in the EU. Yes. This is what it means. This is exactly my point about, you know, if you want to be an EU citizen, be an EU citizen. Yeah, you know, it's an active thing. You can't just sit back and do it. You do it. And I think that I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing out of all of the tackle voting considerations. By far, the biggest thing that's uh, unequivocal is the Remain vote has to be got out. Yeah, the turnout. I mean, the first thing I think people will be looking at is the turn is the turnout. Yeah, and people have to turn have to turn out if you want to show people if you want to show that. If yeah. you want to sh- show the UK and Westminster and Brussels and EU capitals and our fellow fellow citizens in Europe that the UK has a genuine European future, now is the moment oh, to do God, it. Yeah. Now is the moment to go and vote. Yeah. And that'll be the turnout. And that'll be the turnout figures. You know, without a doubt, without a doubt, you're so, absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, the thing we don't have to argue about is that everybody has to work on that and all Remain parties have to work on that and Remain and the campaign organisations and everybody, if they never fucking mention a political party's name, have to work on this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. On that bombshell. Cool. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. If you're still listening now, what, two, two and a half, one and a half hours in, thank you very much for listening this far. Um. And yeah, we'll we'll talk about this. I mean, we're all we're we're all reading about this and looking for stuff on this, and there's good stuff floating about, and yeah. there's going to be more stuff. So we'll keep coming. We'll keep coming back to this. Yeah. And, uh, and thanks very much. And yeah, we probably won't. We'll probably be a little bit more structured about it next time. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. Probably won't. But we, but, we, <laughs> but we really no no. But we really need like for us. We really need to have a discussion like this to to start to get clarity in yeah, our own exactly. minds. So. Um, Steve. Um, a pleasure as always. Um, very uh, useful as always for me to help um, help me shape my thoughts and work out where yeah, I'm digital. wrong and work out where I'm right. I'm usually right, but um, <laughs> let's do this again next week, which will be our fiftieth podcast. Yes, the next one will be our fiftieth. Oh my god! Yeah, episode fifty. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I, I remember when we got to twenty. I was like, holy moly, we've done twenty. Yeah. Uh, yeah astonishing still in the EU it is still in the EU <laughs> we're doing this when we're in pipe and put hundreds flat your pipe and smoke it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright brilliant ok well thanks very much everyone thanks, and uh, we'll be back with you uh, next week thanks yeah. a lot bye bye good night good night bye, bye.